Welcome to the Land Life Podcast with your host, PJ Riley. Hey guys, welcome to the Land Life Podcast. My name is PJ Riley. Uh, today I have a extra special guest, uh, Leo. He's a good buddy of mine. We actually worked together years ago. Um, that's a story for another day. Uh, but uh, Leo is the uh, CEO of Mile High Ambulance. He is going to show us how he went from working in a correctional facility like you know he and I did together to starting an ambulance company, which I think is like super interesting. Uh, first, before we get in the interview, though, I want to say I'm going to start this out this time uh, by saying like, subscribe, um, leave comments, leave all the stars. If you don't like it, the, the podcast, leave a comment about that, too, so I can fix it. Um, if you don't like my background, my bald head, uh, you know, you, you say, leave whatever comment you want, but leave five stars, leave a like and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, another thing, if, um, like I said last time, if, uh, if you have apparel, if you have apparel that you want advertised on this show, uh, send it to me. I will, I'll wear your shirts. I'll wear a hat to cover up this bald head. Um, you know, I'll, I'll pretty much, I'll, I'll wear any apparel that, that is obviously appropriate for, for the podcast. But um, yeah, so Leo, uh, my CEO of Mile High Ambulance, and man, maybe let everybody know kind of how you got started, what, what made you start an ambulance company? Um, yeah, kind of your background. Yeah, so uh, I went to school for criminal justice and public administration, and uh, that's where uh, we intersected and where we met. You were actually my training officer, right? <laughs> yes. At Point. And then from there, I went to work uh, for a police department, and uh, that didn't work out for me. Um, I'm not really good at you know taking orders that well, uh, and I had the opportunity with a partner of mine um, to start an ambulance company. And it didn't just start out from the blue. There, you know, we did some research in our community, um, and uh, we just saw an opportunity there for um, care for the immigrant community. Um, they just weren't getting it. There was some competitors in the market and their response time for uh, not like your heart attacks, your chest pains, things like that, but, you know, just uh, um, minor uh, infections and they still need to go to a hospital and they call an ambulance. They, they don't need, you know, the fire department and everybody else responding. So they just need an ambulance with two trained people to respond, uh, provide care and take them to the hospital. And that wasn't happening in our community. Uh, what was happening is you would call like the private ambulance services and it would be a three hour response. And we just thought that was unacceptable. And our whole idea uh, between me and my partner, uh, he, uh, he was the C he is the CEO was we were going to focus on customer service and that was going to be our whole plan. So we went out, we bought a used ambulance on eBay and we drove it back from California and we, uh, you know, rented a small office and then we decided to get all the paperwork started. <laughs> and, and that was fun. I love it, man. Uh, Ready, fire, aim. Yeah. And, um, uh, the, the hardest part, and it, it, it's all about, you know, who you meet and who wants to help you. And, uh, something that you need for an ambulance company is a medical director. So you need a doctor to put his license on the line for your company and you need them to trust that you're not going to do anything um, 
uh, illegal or uh, inappropriate with his license, right? He's responsible. And luckily at that time when we bought this used ambulance, we, we had a mechanic, a very nice guy. And one of his clients was a doctor and he, he made the introduction for us. Um, and that, that, that's how we, uh, that's how we started. And we started very small uh, with uh, two ambulances. Uh, we, uh, at the time, we hired EMTs. So we, we started as a BLS, basic life support ambulance. So it was just an EMT, uh, two EMTs and, and an ambulance. Um, and we just started doing a lot of uh, little appointments. We went to nursing homes and we tried to recruit, uh, like, what would it take for us, for you guys to call us? And um, ultimately, they started calling us because we were just nice. And when we hired people, we hired people just because they were nice, everything, we didn't know much about the field. We just knew that this uh, response is like, if, if you call us, we're going to come and we have to be nice. Those are the two things we knew about the business at that point. And then we, we figured everything out. Uh, luckily my partner had a billing uh, background, so he understood how to bill for certain things right. and he understood how to set that up. Uh, but other than that, it was like the first year it was stressful. We were working probably 24 hours a day we were passing the phone around so we were self-dispatching you know i have uh, calling our ambulance crew they would respond it, it was it was like the wild west I and mean, this was <laughs> 11 12 years ago at this point but uh we made it happen and from there we grew slowly um and then we had a big boost because the big companies in town uh, weren't um weren't performing so we just got this big boost of uh call volume and we hired a bunch of people. We, we got a bunch of ambulances. We did all this. And all of a sudden, another company came in. And then we had to shrink down again. So that, that was a tough time. So it was a lot of, uh, it, it was like a roller coaster ride uh, for many, many years. And it, it took it a while. It took a while for it to just, you know, settle into a fine pace where we knew that this is, this is what we can handle. This is what we can comfortably manage. This is what we expect from our staff. This is what we expect, just everything. Yeah. And there's, uh, uh, being a business in Colorado, especially a business with vehicles, uh, is difficult because, right, we have different weather conditions, we have snow, so if these things are outside, uh, the diesel could freeze up. And, like, th there's so many things that you have to be prepared for that you, you don't have to be prepared for uh, on the West Coast or, or somewhere warm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and now, you know, uh, we're at a comfortable spot. We service... Uh, a lot of major hospitals um and we just provided good service with uh, the best customer service we could provide and we operate uh, uh full service ambulance service so we do everything from wheelchair transfers to uh, basic life support advanced life support and uh in some cases critical care transports um and so wow. we the whole gamut wow okay that is a lot of stuff that's um, yeah that's a lot of information. I have about a thousand questions, but we have to condense this as much as we can. Sure. Um, so let's go back to day one. Um, I, I realized you you found a um, a need in the community, correct? And and you figured out a way to to find a solution for that. Um, that that that's a that's kind of a, a condensed version of it. What made you like? How did you get the courage to even? begin this ambulance company though i mean you had to like okay there's a need i understand there's a need i can see the uh, the immigrant community is not getting 
the, the fast responses they need. Um, what, like, how did you build up the courage to just say, it's going to be me? Like, I'm the guy who's going to fix this problem. Well, uh, you're forced into a lot of things when, you know, you have nothing else going. At that point, I resigned from the police department and I had a big push for my business partner uh, to do this. And I had support from family saying, like, you could do this. And that's very important when somebody else tells you that you can do it. You know, what, what do you have to lose? Uh, you're 20 something, like if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And the, you know, uh, I had some money saved up. So that's what we started with. We, and, and he also had some money saved up. So it wasn't a lot of money. We didn't think the, the, the stuff that you don't think would be, uh, the, the most expensive or the hardest to get is the hardest to get like insurance. Yeah. Think of who would insure an insurance company. And I think we've had this conversation before, uh, an ambulance company, and that's one of the hard things. Yes. Um, but un unless you jump into it, both feet forward, like, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know is, is the answer is sometimes you just have to do stuff and, and then it happens. Yeah, absolutely. How, how many employees do you guys have now? Uh, we're probably at around 60 employees. Uh, this market is really hitting, uh, the us hard just okay. because, uh, there's a lot of demand for, for trained, uh, EMTs and paramedics and hospitals are looking for them. We're looking for, everybody's looking for them. Okay. And this is just an unprecedented time for this industry. So you would say, are you saying then COVID would be like the big impactor on your business or did that affect you guys at all? What would affected us because actually call volume was way down mm -hmm. yeah. after COVID is, is when call volume started going up. But during COVID, every, every, you know, the city built up for it. They, they rented the convention center and it was never. Yeah. Uh, nobody knew uh, what it, what the impact would be, but um, it's after, after things started, you know, going back to normal is, is when it got really, really busy. Yeah. So what, what, what would you say then is, is the initial, what's the, the most difficult uh, part of running your business? I mean, is it day-to-day -day, uh, interactions with, with customers? Is it employees? Is it um, just running the business itself? Like what, what would you say is the most difficult part? So let's say I'm, I'm brand new guy. I've got past that courage part. You know, I'm ready to go. I'm driving to California to get that first ambulance. Now, what would you tell that guy that say, hey, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. What about this? You need to watch out for this. Uh, it's employees. It's, it's really knowing how to interact with employees, how to keep them happy because ultimately they're, they are your business. So mm -hmm. if your employees, uh, don't respect you, your, your equipment or your business model, they're not going to perform well. So it's very important to have them. You're putting everything on the line in, in the hands of employees. And if, if they decide they, they don't want to do a good job that day, they can close your business. Like it's, it's that easy. Yeah. Um, I so want to go back. You explained some. I'm sorry. You have to keep them happy, and that, that's okay. the number. One. Yeah, I remember there was a time you told me about a catering business. So Leo is not just an entrepreneur in uh, in the the uh, ambulance business. Um, I remember years ago he told me about a catering business, and this was like super interesting. And I tell your this business. I tell you, I tell people about this all the time. Uh, you told me you worked at maybe it was a hospital or a retirement home, and they didn't have a uh, um, they didn't have a, a catering service or a cafeteria or something to that effect. 
And I don't want to spring this on you. Like uh, we didn't talk about this, but I remember this and it was like super interesting. And I'm not kidding. I tell this story to a lot of people. So what did you do to help these guys? So uh, this is actually where, you know, me and my partner first had our first venture. Um, he, he was in the same position, basically um, it was a adult daycare facility and, and they work out of a rented building and it takes time and it takes a lot of money to build a commercial kitchen. So the solution was to get a, uh, like a catering, like a trailer, right? Like, um, like a food truck. Mm-hmm. Um, and the part, the hard difficult thing about a food truck is you need a commissary or a restaurant where this thing has to go to, to get restocked and do everything like that. So what we were able to pull off was to get a catering or a food truck and have it make it its own commissary. And that just going through the fine points and seeing what is required in order to, uh, to meet those requirements. So now, and I believe that, that facility still uses that, uh, that trailer, which is a kitchen uh, as their primary kitchen because the expense of building a kitchen is just so cost prohibitive yeah. and uh, they don't require a commissary. So that's nice. Get inspected every year, every year they pass. So just another time where you found like there was a problem, you needed a solution and you found it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, so a lot of, a lot of people that are, are listening to this are going to be younger. You know, they're going to be early twenties. They're going to want to know, um, you know, kind of like, I guess you, you kind of explain how, how you got started. What would you say to your 21 year old self as you were just getting started? Would you tell them to go continue this path, go left, go right? What would you tell your 21 year old self? I would say continue because uh, the experience I gained, you know, from all the thousands of employees that have passed through our doors and all, all the, just the knowledge that you gain from that, from those interactions, like, I don't know of anywhere else where you can replicate that, right? Like you would have yeah. to be an, an HR manager for years to, to get that kind of experience. And here, you know, you, you get it by doing it. Um, uh, don't stop, right? Like yeah. if, if you're going to do, and there's many times when the opportunity, there was reason and cause and, uh, and there was like, why, why keep going forward? Like why keep pushing? And then the reason was always like, you just have to like, yeah. <laughs> don't go back. <laughs> um, so I, 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 you, you've, you, I know you have a, you, you got to get going and you got, you got stuff to do. You got a busy day. You're, you're the CEO of a pretty large company right now. So I want to ask you the question. I like to ask everybody uh, to, to, to kind of close everything out. Um, we are basically, I buy and sell vacant land, right? I buy and sell land all over the country. That's the, that's my business. That's what I do. Um, I kind of got started like you. I, I saw that um, I always wanted to buy land. I remember sitting at Mount View in the, in the control center, playing around, looking at land. I was like, man, one day I'm going to buy that. And years later, I figured out a way to, to buy land and to provide it to other people as well so that everybody can buy land for a really low price. Um, so basically, land is our business. One thing I like to ask every podcast guest, if you could buy land anywhere in the world, anywhere in the entire country or sorry, the entire world, where would it be and why? Uh, I remember once going on a cruise and we stopped at St. Martin and St. Thomas. And I thought that was, you know, uh, that was some of the most beautiful places I've ever seen. So it'd be on one of those islands. (laughs) So an island paradise, would it be, what if you could buy the whole island? Would that be an option? 
yeah, I mean, it, I mean yes. not St. Thomas. You could get your own island somewhere out in the in the Caribbean, like in Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can get a nice little square in the middle of uh, uh, Nova Scotia. Uh, yeah, you know the bears can actually swim to that too. I hear. Oh, uh, I, I nice. heard about those, and and they they say the well, they're really nice, but the bears can still swim to you. I was like, yeah, I guess I'm not going to buy that one, but. Well, Leo, dude, I really appreciate you, man. I appreciate you taking, you know, the time to come out and, and, uh, and to talk to me, man. It's, uh, I've wanted to talk to you for a long time. You have so much, so many interesting things to tell people. Um, if people want to get hold of you or they want to learn from you or they need an ambulance and they live in, in your community, where can they get hold of you? How can they get in touch with you? Uh, uh, they can send me an email, uh, leo at milehighambulance.com. Leo at milehighambulance.com. And I'll have that down in the show notes there. Um, yeah, Leo, man, anything else you want to say? No, good luck on your your podcast. Congratulations. Thank you, man. And and I do, I really appreciate you talking to you, man. Absolutely. All right, guys, like I said before, like, subscribe, uh, leave the stars, um, leave good comments, bad comments, whatever you want to do. But until next time, guys, uh, thanks for coming to the Land Life Podcast.